And a good Thursday morning to you, my friends. It's time for Taste Test Thursday, right here on 95.3 DNH. I'm your host, Adam Owens, and every week we bring in a different guest from somewhere out there in the community. We find out what makes them tick. We find out their story, what they're up to for work, and oh, we generally try to talk about food by the end of the show as well. And I'm looking forward to chatting with my guest today. It's Tom Bodden Distal. Hi, Tom. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning. Bodden Distal? Bowden Distal? I think I messed it up already, didn't I? <laughs> nope, you had it right. You okay. just correct. Bought and distal. All right, good, good. Uh, Tom, you may know uh, in a, from a variety of paths of life, uh, Tom works as the president, captain, and a commissioner with the Calicoon, New York Volunteer Fire Department. Tom is a uh, facility maintenance trade instructor at Delaware Valley Job Corps. Uh, Tom is also a pretty well-to-do uh, mobile DJ. He's DJed parties, weddings, things like that over the years. Uh, and and he's really kind of made a name for himself as DJ Tommy B. Tom, does that all sound more or less accurate? That sounds pretty accurate. Okay. Wow. You are a busy guy, Tom, huh? I try to be. Um, uh, we'll we'll kind of get started with your, your backstory a little bit. Where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Deposit, New York. All right. How far is Deposit from, like, the Calicoon area where you're at now? Cal- Coon, probably about 40 minutes up towards Binghamton Way. Okay. All right. Got it. And, uh, you know, growing up in Deposit, is this medium-sized town, small town? It's. It reminds me a lot of what Calicoon is. Okay. It's like, you know, all your main stores on one street and whatnot. So it's, it's about the same. Small town, friendly it, people. Maybe a little more people. Uh, now, is but, now Calicoon is very much a river town, I would say. Is Deposit also on the Delaware River? Yes, it is. It is. It's okay. on the... Um, West Branch. So you could swim upstream to, to go back home, right? Probably could. <laughs> or or wade so upstream. Thought, but depending on how depending good. on how deep it is. Um okay, so so Tom, you're finished with high school. You, you or you you're going through, you know, high school in uh, in deposit. Now, um there's there's sort of a couple of facets of your life that come to that get kind of flushed out as the years go by. One of them is working as a volunteer firefighter. Uh, how long have you been working at that? Um ten years now. I just um, been in Calicoon is all. Okay. I was gonna do a. I was gonna do a way back when I graduated out of high school, but other paths took over, and I never did it. So, well, what happened in between? When you finished high school, did you come right to Calicoon, or what'd you do? Nope, I stayed up that way, and I lived up and towards like after New York and whatnot, and then uh, I moved down here after. I used to be working at the car dealerships. Oh. So I used to be a pretty good mechanic up that way and stuff. And so then, you were you were a technician. Yes. Okay. Okay. And, but when I went to the technician, I worked all the way from the ground up. I went into the car wash and then ended up leaving out of there as a service manager over a year or so. Wait, so you, st- so you, so fresh out of high school, you kind of started working at a car wash, it sounds like. Oh, uh, I had a uh, car, a garage basically, but I, yep. wash, I was a car wash guy. You oh, know? I see. After, after the car was serviced, we always washed them up, made them look good. Well, that's a nice little bonus to offer, right? So, but but right, you really did kind of start from the ground up. So you got all the way up to to actual technician. Now, what kind of cars were you working on? All kinds. I worked for Ford, Dodge, used car dealerships. So, but then when I left there, when I came to how I ended up down here was at the Job Corps. Was they were looking for a um, automotive instructor oh. for the trade that they had here which they no longer have, but it was, that, that's a bummer in itself. But, uh, um, yeah, I had a friend that worked here and at the Job Corps, and he asked me, what do you think about this? Because he knew I was losing my job because the Dodge dealership was closing up. Mm-hmm. So he says, what do you think about this? And I was like, I'll try it. Yeah. And oh. I started down here in 2007 and been here ever since. 
Ouch. teaching a couple different trades. So that's so that's a Delaware Valley Job Corps now, right? So there's so so actually the 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 fire the firefighter part of you that's that's a volunteer, right? That's all volunteer. Yeah, yes. you're not getting paid for that. So thank you, by the way, Tom. Thank you. <laughs> um, but now to pay the bills, you've been working at the Job Corps since '07, and now okay. So I live kind of near Calicoon, and I have seen the Job Corps. It's actually in this old what is it? It's not a monastery. It's a seminary, right? I believe it was a seminary. Yeah. yeah. So now it's it's what's called Delaware Valley Job Corps, and I have to admit, I really don't know the first thing about it. So can you kind of give me a basic background on what the Job Corps is? I'll tell you the best I can. <laughs> um, we teach uh, young adults 16 to 24. Um, it's basically like a trade school. Mm-hmm. They come in here and they can get, um, we have different trades offer, um, but they can also get their high school diploma or GED. Um, we have the trades we have right now are my trade is a facility maintenance trade. Um, they have a carpentry trade, they have an electrical trade, they have a culinary trade. Wow. Um, hotel um, lodging trade that they deal with, you know, for like, uh, like if you're gonna go like the Villa Roma work, like the office kind of stuff. Yeah, that kind of deal. Um, and they also have a security trade. Wow. And this is so. This is for uh, ages six. So I can't. I'm a little too old, unfortunately. So honestly, this is like this is good. This is good skills, and these are real uh, real life job skills, right? Yes. It's it's something that it's. Mostly like inner city students come oh. here, but it's basically anybody can, you know, at 16 to 24, if you need assistance with getting the education, you know, we can, we can help you. This is really cool because yeah, these, some, uh, these, these, you know, these are lines of work that are never going to go out of style, that are always going to be hiring and that, that do require some specialized training. So, so it sounds like that's available at the job course. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing facility maintenance uh what's now what does that entail that and um basically i teach them you know like a superintendent of a building or a you know a maintenance worker of a building you know learn the basic skills of carpentry plumbing electrical landscaping snow removal all the the stuff that pertains to a building okay so a little bit of everything really because and that and and often yeah if if you're if you're the building superintendent it kind of falls to you to fix whatever right Yep. Oh, okay. And now, what's the, you know how long does a program like that take normally? I mean, the kids are sixteen to twenty-four. Are they there for eight years, or what? You know, what's the time frame? Nope. Um, the trades. My I know my trade takes about eight months to a year to to complete. Uh huh. And you come out of here with some pretty decent um, certificates, like you know the trade completion certificate. But we also um, have some other ones that are pretty good like the OSHA class and stuff like that so oh, sure OSHA right so but and now so when you first came on board it was actually as uh, automotive technician training but mm-hmm. that's no longer offered it sounds like nope okay nope, that's no longer offered so you, so you sort of switch switched gears to make a bad automotive joke uh and to facility maintenance trade instructor you also picked up uh some pretty serious titles over at Calicoon Volunteer Fire Department. My guest here this morning on Taste Test Thursday is Tom Bondistel, uh, also Breeding Yellow Labs. I follow you on Facebook, and I saw that you had a litter of puppies recently. Is this a new thing yeah. for you? No, we just did it once, and uh, we want to try it out. And, and uh, we actually ended up breeding with a chocolate lab, and we ended up having all chocolate pups instead of any kind of yellow labs at all so (laughs) what so you breed a yellow and a chocolate and you might kind of get a mixed bag or whatever but they they just all came out chocolate that's what happened (laughs) well unbelievable sometimes nature just calls the shots i guess um so um but this was so it was the first time you had done 
you dog breeding, right? Well, I did. I, I was around it when I was growing up, but mm-hmm. uh, my wife, she she wanted to try it one time. She wanted the experience of it, and uh, it went well. They yeah. um, the pups all turned out real good, and they went to all happy homes Aww. and real good homes. So. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. But uh, but but one and done, huh? You know, it's not something you yep. want to keep keep doing. Um, nope. and, and, you know, uh, your wife, I understand also has an alpaca farm going on. Well, she works for, uh, an alpaca farm, Buckbrook alpacas. Okay. I've seen the sign. Sure. Okay. Yep. And, uh, they do quite a bit up there. She, she gets excited with it when she talks about it and, uh, <laughs> uh they do tours and they, she was, you know, telling me about the babies. I guess they have like over a hundred alpacas on site. Oh my gosh. But and she doesn't set up a call and get a tour and you can do, you know, feed them and pet them and all that kind of stuff she doesn't ever bring an alpaca home though right no that'd be cool though (laughs) that would be pretty cool (laughs) my guest tom bodendistel and i are going to take a little break here when we come back we're going to talk about uh some of the experiences that tom has had on the calicoon volunteer fire department including one recently uh where i believe tom you were the one to reach in and uh rescue a woman who was uh caught in a very fast moving river is that right i was one of the ones yes i was yeah. You were there. We'll talk more. All right. We'll <laughs> talk there. more about that. Wow. Okay. What a story. Uh, Tom and I will be back as Taste, Thurs- Taste Test Thursday continues here on DNH. We're back. Taste Test Thursday continues here on 95.3 DNH. I'm Adam Owens, your host, and my guest this morning is Tom Bowden-Distel. Tom lives in, uh, actually, I kind of forgot to ask you this, Tom. Are you? Do you live in Calicoon or near Calicoon? I do live in Calicoon. Yep. All right. Or I guess it's it's Delaware, right? Mm, nope, Calicoon. Have you seen Have you seen the, the the signs though? When you drive in and it's like D- Calicoon on the Delaware dining capital of I don't know. I just feel like yeah. you know in Calicoon there is like you know Calicoon Center and Calicoon proper and Livingston Manor or no not not Manor. Anyway, the towns just get a little little hard to tell apart. But it is Calicoon, right? It is Calicoon. Okay, we're going to go with Calicoon. Um, I'm, I'm sticking with that. Yeah, that's my story. I got to, I got to, that, that's, a, that's a pretty good bet. Uh, Tom lives in Calicoon and serves as, uh, now correct me if I get this wrong, Tom, president, captain, and commissioner at the Calicoon Volunteer Fire Department. Is that right? That's correct. Now, do any of those come with a paycheck? Nope. <laughs> Jeez, Tom. You're a hard, hardworking guy. Okay, so when did you start volunteering at uh, Calicoon Fire Department? Um, 2010. Wow, I've so been there, like I said, 10 years. 10-year anniversary. Yeah. Holy smokes. Okay, now when you first started, had you done any kind of volunteer firefighting prior to that? No. What? Why on earth would you, why would you volunteer to go run into a burning building, Tom? Come on, tell us. Uh, just, <laughs> I don't know, it's just the drive I have. It's like anybody else that's in it, in the department, say, you know, we're there to help the community and, you know, if somebody's in trouble, we're there to, you know help save them or do what we got to do to make it better for them. I, you know? I speak for everybody. I think when I say thank you, like I just, I really mean so. that. And I, I, when I, whenever I talk to a, a service member or a volunteer fire department member or something like that, I just, I'm, I'm so impressed by that, that, uh, that pull that you have, that, that drive that you have to help people. So thanks. The world, the world needs folks like you, Tom. Um, All right, thank you. so, okay. So, so you kind of start at the bottom of the ladder again, terrible firefighting pun there. Uh, but, uh, you work your way up to president, right. captain, commissioner. Now, um, you know, these three titles, what do they kind of mean? What, what, what does the commissioner do at a fire department? Well, the commissioner is um, a different section. There's um, where we do, you know, the bill paying and all that kind of stuff. And ah. um, but then uh, the other, um, 
Yeah, the commissioner. Sorry, I'm, I'm stumbling here. That's that's fine. Don't worry uh, about it. Uh, so, um, the commissioners. Yeah, we just go over the bills and we make decisions and go from there. Okay, so kind of the behind the scenes, the finances, the bookkeeping. Not not quite as much the burning building part, but the stuff that's absolutely necessary to keep the department running right. Right. Okay. Right. And then uh, captain. Captain. Yep. I'm like I'm the third in line. So if uh, the chief or assistant chief's not there, I'm uh, the one in charge. You're running the show if they're not if they don't show up. Okay. And then and then president. Now that's different from chief, right? That's correct. Um, I basically uh, run the show on the side as far as like the meetings. And if somebody needs something, you know, they contact me through the fire department, whatever. Okay. I, I think I start to see, so it's, it's a lot of this kind of administrative level stuff that absolutely yes. needs to be tended to so that when the call comes in, the trucks can roll out flawlessly. And they do every time. I mean, I live close enough that I hear the sirens when they go off. And, and you, you, you folks are often the first on the scene because you're just the closest to wherever the call is coming from. Um, I remember uh, ooh, uh, six months ago, something like that. There's a there was a gas station right on the Delaware River in Calicoon. I think it was called like the Calicoon Cafe or something like that. Uh, and I started to hear sirens, and then they didn't. They they came down the hill, but they did not cross the bridge into PA, which can sometimes happen if there's like a mutual aid call. Instead, they just piled up right at that gas station. So, can you tell me kind of what happened then and there? That was a very extremely lucky night. Um, we were all happened to be at the firehouse, and a call come across that uh, there was smoke coming out of the gas station area. And being that we were all on scene, we had a heck of a good stop. Of, of I mean, it took a lot of damage, but we, it wasn't a total loss. And that was um, kind of because you were all already at the station for another reason, and the, the, you know the, yeah, the, the alarm sounded. Our, everyone's there already. <laughs> yeah, it happened to be our training night or whatever it was that our well we have. At the firehouse, every Tuesday we always go there, do clean up or whatnot, check the vehicles over, make sure everything's good. And yeah. we just got done doing all that, and then the tones went off. Oh man! For that situation, so oh man, um, this saved us probably maybe three to five minutes of response time just to get to the firehouse. Yep. So that was huge in itself to be able to get right down there within like a two-minute time period. The sooner you can start to act on something like that, the better a chance that at least some mm -hmm. of it will survive the survive the ordeal. Um, I gotta ask you this, and you know, like, okay, so there's a fire, so there's a fire, and we're all gonna run towards it as firefighters. Like, that's scary enough to me. But like, there's a fire at a gas station, and we're all gonna run towards it. Like, are there any other additional, you know, kind of procedures that that you follow when there's a fire in a kind of a hazardous and extra hazardous environment, or are there, are, are there, you know, safeguards in place at gas stations in case it catches on fire so that the whole thing doesn't, you know, go up? Yeah, there's there's all kinds of things that you can do. Um, like ours, in particular, I was up in the bucket of the fire truck that time on the ladder truck with the assistant chief, and when we're looking down over, I'm like, uh, is this a good place to be? Because yeah. we're like right over top of the yeah. fire, I mean, uh, the gas pumps and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, we were fine because I guess they have a shutoff valve into them. Okay. That the gas doesn't go. You know? Yep, it won't rise up out of the tanks. It'll, it'll right. stay away from the deep underground, presumably. Yeah, okay, okay. So there are some safeguards some, in place. I was, whew. Yeah, I was I was a little nervous because when I first got there, I was one of them that went in and was fighting fire. Then being certified on the bucket, I got up in the ladder truck there. Yeah. So Wow. And uh, let the other guys, because we had all the different departments come in on that one. Like, um, it, it's... Not just us that show up to these calls. Yep. I mean, we, we got, like, 
surrounding areas, Hortonville, Lake Huntington, Equinox, um, all, all the departments that are close by, it's just a big team effort on all these calls. Yeah, they're there, they're there uh, either to go to work or just in case you need the extra bodies or the extra apparatuses, yep. right? Oof. Yep. And that, and that's, I mean, that, so that happens at most calls, you'd say, uh, you know, even if the call is in Calicoon, any of the nearby departments will, will kind of mobilize and come out. Yep. Cool. Yep. Very, very cool. And then, you know, going across the river to Pennsylvania, that happens plenty as well. Yep. We do, uh, have an area over there. We help cover. Um, I can't remember the, the miles that it covers over there, but, mm-hmm. uh, we do, there's a big section that we do get called with Equinocta. Now, over structure fires and brush fires and accidents. I, I know that there are at least a couple of people listening this morning who uh, have that same, I don't know what you want to call it, that gene in them, that, that impulse in them to, to, to run towards the danger, to sort of help people uh, rather than, than just hide from it. And I kind of want to know, Tom, if there are opportunities for volunteers at Calicoon Fire Department right now. Yes, there is. Um, not just our department, actually. Yeah. I mean, it is nation or statewide and probably nationwide. The volunteer assistance there is just not like it used to be back in the day. Um, so yes, volunteers are definitely needed in our department and among other departments. So no matter where someone lives, it sounds like wherever their closest volunteer fire company is, they could probably use the help. What's the protocol for kind of reaching out? I mean, do you, what do you just, do you you just show up at the firehouse one day or do they, you know, some firehouses will have like an open house. How does it work? Yep. Sometimes we have open house. We didn't, we didn't do one this year because of the COVID deal, but, uh, um, but yeah, you can stop into the firehouse. We're usually there on Tuesday nights around seven o'clock. So somebody there can, hand out an application and talk to you about it. So Tuesdays so. at seven in Calicoon and, and each department mm-hmm. might have a different kind of, uh, you know, a night where, where, where most of the crew shows up. Right. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, so Tom, we are actually, we're coming up on another break here. So we're going to take a little break, catch our breath. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about food. Is that cool with you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like to eat. Yeah. Um, well, I also want to talk like about food. this, uh, this situation that happened in the Delaware river just a, a few weeks ago where you and a team of people, uh, helped to, uh, rescue, uh, I think it was a lady who'd gone in, uh, after a pet, I believe. So we're going to talk about that, uh, as taste test Thursday continues. I'm Adam Owens. My guest, Tom Bowden, distal and I will be back here on DNH. All right, we're back here on Taste Test Thursday. It's 95.3 DNH. I'm Adam Owens, your host, and uh, every Thursday for about an hour, I bring a guest onto the air, and we talk all about their life and their work. We kind of find out what makes them tick, and we also talk about food. Uh, Now, traditionally, the guest comes into the studio, and uh, we we share food, but uh, these days, that has not really worked out. Uh, We're not having guests in the studio. Instead, we're having guests uh, on the line here, and Tom Bodden-Distel joins me. Tom is the... Uh, President, Captain, and uh, Commissioner for the Calicoon Volunteer Fire Department. Tom also works as the Facility Maintenance Trade Instructor at Delaware Valley Job Corps. Uh, Tom, you're a DJ as well, is that right? That's correct. Uh, like, like, what are we talking here, like uh, like weddings and parties and stuff? Yep. Okay, and how long have you been doing that for? Um, well, I did it back in high school for a few years. Then oh. I didn't do it for a long time, then... I got involved uh, probably 10 years ago. So things have certainly changed since you did it in high school, I expect, right? Oh, back in the day, it was cassette tapes. And I remember sitting listening to the radio just to get a good song. Oh, and you'd record it right off the radio, right? Yeah. Oh, man. And now it's just all MP3s. You just have like one little suitcase to bring probably, right? Yep. But the speakers yep. haven't changed. The speakers are big and heavy still, right? 
Oh, yeah, that doesn't change. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see, what else? Oh, so um, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about, food being one of them. But before we talk food, I want to talk about an incident that happened uh, in the Delaware River uh, when Hurricane uh, what was Isaias or Isaias or whatever the heck it was called. When this hurricane came through, I don't know, several weeks ago at this point, um, I saw in the news that there had been an incident where someone got swept away by the river is that is that what happened yeah the calicoon creek she went into it and it's heading right towards the river yeah oh my gosh so what for okay so so this happened in calicoon so this kind of happened in your in your neighborhood on your watch mm-hmm. um yep. and 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 the river had risen like substantially now that river once it gets going on the calicoon creek as well once they get full and really running they really move right yeah, um, it's very dangerous. It really is. So, so a lady had gone in. Now, now, do you know why or what happened? Well, um, we actually were back at the firehouse. Once again, we, you know, happened to luck out. It was a good lucky night. Everything was lined right up for everything that went down. Um, we were at the firehouse just getting back from a call, or a pump-out call for another business in town. And um, we were cleaning up, and then gentleman stopped by and said that there was a guy out on the island over there by the youth center. Oh. You know, he used to be able to drive out through there. I guess he drove out to look at the river, and when he came back, the floodwaters went back up and over, oh. so he couldn't get back out. And uh, so we were dealing with that, and the chief asked me to go across the river to see how high the water was looking like on the on the island part. Okay. And in the meantime, all of a sudden he started yelling at me on the radio, get over to the the boat landing over there behind what we used to, I guess by Landers. By the, by um, the gas station that had caught fire. By the gas station. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, he kept yelling that there's a woman with her dog and I'm the guy that was with me. He thought the dog was on the bridge the way he was talking. And, uh, we didn't, you know, with the heavy rain or the high waters, we we're afraid of the dog jumping over the bridge mm-hmm. and, and uh, get nervous. But, uh, he said that she's in the water, she's in the water. And I'm like, okay, we, we just couldn't figure it out. And then all of a sudden we saw her, Hanging on the branches in the river. Oh, so. my gosh. So she had gone in maybe after her dog or something? Yeah, her dog apparently jumped in and then got right back out. She didn't see it get back, right back out, so, so she went in the river. she went in looking it. for it. Oh, no, and that river was, that that was the highest I've ever seen that river. I mean, the swiftest it was ever going. I mean, that is, that's a lot of energy pouring down that river. So so she's in there clinging, clinging to branches, you say? Yep. <sighs> just just enough time for <clears throat> our chief was up upstream. And he had a good sight on tour. And meanwhile, all the guys that were with him on that side started to head over. But we got there, and uh, we jumped out of the pickup and run to the water side just as the branch she was holding on broke. And <sighs> he started coming down towards us. Thank God she didn't go further out. She was able to stay close to shore. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it would have turned out total different story. But. So she gets, so she basically, the, the branch breaks, and the river takes her and actually just carries her right to you? Yeah, basically right to us on the on the side, and uh, you know she went under a few times, and first time me and the guy I was with, Tommy Kaufman there, and uh, we both missed her, and then she come up out of the water, and her arm was like right there, and she gave me that look, and I just grabbed a hold of her, and with the assistance of those two guys getting her up out of the water, oh my, we God. we did it, but wow, you no, know? Tom, I got goosebumps, dude. Wow, yeah, it was. Uh, Everybody keeps calling me a hero or calling us heroes, but it's just part of what we do. We're not we're not heroes. We're just you know doing what we do. Yeah, I, I well well thank you uh, again from the bottom of my heart, and I'm sure that this lady was 
extraordinarily grateful. Uh, and uh, again, you know, it was amazing to hear you say like, you all happened to be there that day when the call started kind of coming in. It was like the timing was, you know, obviously bad things were going down, but as you know, you, you guys were in the right place at the right time. It's, you know, you got to that shoreline right as that branch broke on her. And I mean, mm-hmm. you were, you were, you know, you had a crew of guys with you to kind of help haul her out of the water. Wow. Yeah, as we're, like I say, I mean, as we were grabbing her older, got her to the shore, we had the other crew members that were coming down with the, the bigger truck. They had, you know, grabbed the life jackets, grabbed the ring. They were, they were prepared to throw the rope and, you know, out to do what they need to do when she got past us. So. Yeah, right, right. So you would have had some backup, thank goodness, because <laughs> yep. you, yep. you got a tight squad over there. It sounds like you got a really good squad at, at Calicoon Fire Department. So, again, everybody out there in the department, thank you for pitching in and, 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 and again, helping out anything, you know, whether, whether it's a cat up a tree or, you know, somebody getting swept down the Delaware River. Like, these are not necessarily fires. These are just emergencies that you guys are helping out with, right? Correct. Yeah. Oof, wow. Oh, man. It's, I got goosebumps, Tom. I really it's do. It's 24-7. No matter what the weather, we're out there. <laughs> yeah, you sure are. Wow. And again, if anyone listening uh, feels the need to help out with this, I encourage you wholeheartedly to pursue a career with your local volunteer fire company. They need volunteers. So no matter uh, how young or old you are, talk to your local volunteer fire company. They'll see if there's a place for you. Um, there's there's plenty of training to go through, right, Tom? There's a, a lot of training to do and not. Uh, when I first did it 10 years ago to become an interior firefighter, it has changed tremendously. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've added a lot more hours, and so <clears throat> it's changing every day. <clears throat> wow. <clears throat> what that. what an adventure. What an adventure. Um, so, Tom, I want to change gears again here talk about food a little bit. Now, I, I, I heard some sad news that the Calicoon Volunteer Fire Department pancake breakfast kind of went, went bust this year. Is that right? Yeah, we usually do it when they do the tractor parade in town. Yeah. And uh, it's always a great turnout. People come and get the breakfast, and then they go down and watch the magnificent tractors go through town and yes. stuff. But with the COVID this year, we couldn't do it. However, we did send out um, letters to all the people, you know, the residents around. And uh, we do appreciate all that they sent back and all their nice nice so you did a little fundraising key you were able to still do some fundraising and you know the thing that blows me away is like when a fire company does a pancake breakfast like that's that's one of the main sources of income for these for these folks and and the i mean the the apparatus like starts at a quarter million dollars for a truck basically right yeah yeah and it goes you're right goes up from there like i mean the expenses are humongous uh along and, and but but completely necessary so i always say you know if there's a fire company near you having a pancake breakfast go like br- you know bring your squad you know support that fire company but that you weren't able to have that this year is a big hit but um what's the plan you know bring it back next year hopefully absolutely if if, if we have a go next year to do it we're in and uh we're excited about making them again for people i mean we usually get between five, six hundred people that come through there. Whoa, that's a so, lot of pancakes, man. Yeah, that's <sighs> a lot of pancakes. That's a lot. Now, now, what? Now, typically, what's your role? Are you are you chef? Are you uh, server? How does this work? Well, um, up until I became, uh, well, when I was president there, I was actually just moved up last year or two to be the person seating the people. Okay, all but right, the host. That, yeah. <laughs> before that, I was the. Um, guy helping with the pancakes in the back okay all right so you've started to see all the different sides of the event yeah, yeah good um now you know what about you personally for food like what are you into as far as you know is there a restaurant you love is there a particular kind of food you just can't get enough of or do you, do you cook oh yeah I, I i love to cook and uh lately i've been uh 
doing a lot of smokers, a lot with the smoker I have. Oh, well, this makes sense. Firefighter, smoker, sure. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been, you know, I love to do ribs and, uh, you know, the on broils, that kind of stuff on a smoker. So now, with, with, with the smoking, is, a smoker is much different than a grill. Like on a grill, you've got the hot coals, the direct heat is cooking the food, but on a smoker, it's it's different. Now, um, are you using like hardwood to do this with or what? Yeah, um, I usually get the bags of the woods, the chunks and stuff, and put yeah. in there. Okay. Um, people, I guess, have the pellets, the smoker pellets. Not oh. the wood pellets you put in a pellet stove. Okay, it's, it's different, uh, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to do that, but mine takes uh, just wood chunks. And and smoking food, it's it's a low and slow kind of thing, right? It's not like yeah. it's done in half an hour. It's like a brisket or a, or a London broil might take all day. Yep, like three, four, or five hours, whatever you want, you know. So you've been doing a lot of smoking, and uh, you know, it's it's mostly meat. Did you, did you smoke any like cheese or anything like that? I haven't done that yet. No. Okay, but there's there's there's, there's, there's you can smoke just about anything, from what I understand. Yeah. But I do have some Adam that uh, you might just get a kick out of. All right, go on. See how you're on taste test Thursday. This yeah. is something that uh, will amaze you. Okay. Um, you like turkey, right? Sure, love turkey. Okay. You know. You ever do a garbage can turkey? No, I, I can't say that I have. Now I'm very interested. <laughs> okay. Talk to me here. Now, now I've got you, right? Yeah. Uh, a garbage can turkey is where you take a metal garbage can and you, you actually put a turkey on a post inside of it. Okay. Flip it upside down and put some charcoal around it. Oh, and, so the, uh, the garbage can the is like a big lid almost? Well, you don't use the lid. You put the garbage can upside down right, and so the, the bottom is actually the lid. Right, so the, the whole garbage can itself is the lid kind of. Yep. Okay. And uh, I, a buddy of mine told me about it, so I said, you're, you're crazy, man. I looked <laughs> it up on YouTube, and if anybody wants to do it, I suggest looking up on YouTube, garbage can turkey, and I'm telling you what. So you won't, you won't want to cook a turkey in the oven ever again. I have questions. I have I definitely have questions. So first of all, you're, especially during the summer, you, you turning the oven on inside the house is like it's like a death sentence. It's like a terrible idea, right? Especially to cook mm -hmm. something as big as a turkey. It's going to be in there for hours, and the oven is just going to be heating up the house. So doing it outside makes a lot of sense. Normally, a grill is nowhere near large enough to cook a whole turkey. So you're right. saying, what do you put like a you put like a spike in the ground to to hold the turkey up? Yep. Like you, you like know, a metal a metal thing or what? What I do is I just use a wooden spike and I wrap it with aluminum foil. I was going to ask because it's going to burn otherwise, but if you wrap it with aluminum foil, it kind of stays intact. Yep. Okay, so you get a wooden post or a spike in the ground. You you stick the turkey on it. What? So like it looks like the turkey's standing up sort of? Right. You, obviously, <laughs> you can't have the stuffing and whatnot. In right. It, so it'll fall right out. Have, but... Okay. And then, and then what? You get like coals going and you spread them around the base of the turkey? Nope, you put the can over top of the turkey, yeah, and then the coals and stuff go on the uh, um, you put the aluminum foil on the ground first too. Okay, okay, you right. Turn up the ground totally, and then you put the charcoal around the base of the, which would be the top of the can, but it's actually on the ground, um, around that and light it up, and then you also put some charcoal on the bottom of the can, which is now the so top. You, which is now the top, and, oh. it, and like two and a half hours later, you got it. Good 18 pound plus turkey done. Oh, I am. That is a really cool idea. When did you? When was the first time you did this? Um, probably three years ago. Wow. And I've I, done six or seven of them, and every time <laughs> it turns out perfect. That's really cool. I love it. I absolutely. What is it? What do you call trash can turkey? Yep, garbage can turkey. Garbage can, trash can turkey. turkey. If you YouTube it, it's right on there. All right, Tom. I am. I'm interested. I, I guess. I guess I know how I'm going to cook my next turkey, my friend. Thanks for that. <laughs> that's great. 
Uh, my guest on Taste Test has been Tom Bowden-Distel. Uh, Tom is a uh, member of the Calicoon Volunteer Fire Department, where he serves as president, captain, and uh, commissioner. Tom is also uh, a full-time employee at the Delaware Valley Job Corps, where he's the facility maintenance trade instructor there. Tom breeds dogs. Tom is a mobile DJ. Tom's wife works with alpacas. And Tom, as I'm learning, is a pretty gourmet dude with uh, some pretty cool tricks up his sleeve for cooking outdoors. Tom, it has been a pleasure speaking with you this morning. Why, thank you. It's been great to be on here and, you know, you to ask me to do it was uh, quite a pleasure. Oh, dude, it, this this was great. I'm really glad we, we connected uh, online and, and got you in on the show here. Um, if anybody wants to listen to the show again or if anybody wants to send it to a relative or a friend who would like to hear it, I've uh, recorded the whole thing. It's available as a podcast. All you have to do is go online to radiobold.com slash taste test Thursday. Again, radiobold.com slash taste test Thursday. And uh, Tom, would you do me a favor? Would you send me some photos? Uh, I don't know. You at work, uh, maybe the dogs, maybe if you've got a picture of one of these okay. turkeys that you cooked, anything like that. And I'll, I'll put them up on Facebook, okay? Okay. Awesome, awesome. Tom, thanks again for joining me this morning. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, my friends, that's it for today. Tomorrow will be Friday. I'll be back tonight for the 90s Drive at 5. And until the next time we talk, cycle with traffic, walk against traffic, Stay safe and be good to each other.